This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities taking a look at the wheat markets for Wednesday, January 31st. Well, the last day of the month, and we have the grain markets making a stand here. We started out weaker across the entire grain space yesterday, putting in a new low for this move, and then the market reversed up, giving us an outside day higher in all of the grains, especially the soybean complex, which seemed to lead the way higher. But wheat also, and a very impressive, bouncing once again out of support levels and giving us a nice push to the upside. So we've got some interesting chart formations going on here. The soybeans, you know, again, putting in a new low for the move yesterday, but also uh, we closed into a new low on Monday. And then we come in yesterday with some continued to the downside, but the market snapping back pretty hard. In corn, this reversal up off of the old low gives us a little double bottom. And again, in wheat, Chicago holding a support level. Kansas City also, we didn't even really take out Monday's low in Kansas City. So that market seems to be showing a better support level than even Chicago. But all of the wheats were strongly higher yesterday. Now, much of this push is on the weather that's developing in South America, in primarily Argentina, where we're looking at a stretch of, uh, well, we've had about three weeks of dry conditions across the key areas of Argentina. And now we're looking at another good 10 days of dryness, and the temperatures are really starting to heat up. By next week, we'll be 100 degrees at least across much of Argentina. Uh, the corn pollination stage is largely done in Argentina, so it's okay, but it's in the filling stage. For soybeans, it's more of an issue. We're just headed into the pollination stage for the beans. So this could create some problems for Argentine production for both corn and soybeans. In Brazil, we're harvesting uh, beans across the northern areas. Uh, we've already seen quite a bit of damage there. Private estimates are well below USDA and CONAB, which are hovering. CONAB's at 155, USDA's at 157 million tons for Brazilian soybean production. The private estimates are anywhere from about 141 to 149. So it's a pretty notable difference. Now, whether that's enough to stop the slide here on itself is hard to say. I think this reversal up is because of the heat coming for Argentina. That is going to shave off some yield most likely. But the harvest is ongoing in Brazil. Their basis levels are collapsing. We're seeing some concern about demand out of China. So I think, well, in the short term, you're probably going to get some follow through to the upside from these reversals. If we don't, then it's then it's a, a pretty big deal. And if you can't get some follow through after these impressive reversals up yesterday, the market confirms that you're in a, a very bearish spot. But if you do, you could see an updraft here that would be enough to take us up into that February 10th area, which is normally uh, a seasonal for the grains to move higher, especially wheat. So we're looking for some follow through to the upside from these reversals into early February, right around the crop report. And then we, I think we'll start lower again in that normal seasonal pattern, which is called the February break. So I, I think we'll get an updraft here. The night session is not conforming to that. We are lower across the board on the night session, not by a lot, but it's it's not getting a lot of follow through to the upside. Wheat is down eight, soybeans are down six, corn is down two. So I think there's 
the market's stabilizing here, but we'll have to see. And again, if you don't get you know confirmation of this reversal up, it is a pretty negative signal. Weather-wise, uh, we talked about South America. Uh, here in the United States, we've got a major warm spell coming for the northern plains and into the northern and central part of the Midwest. It should melt off a lot of snow, especially across the northern plains where we didn't have a lot to begin with. So that's a concern. We're just headed into February and we can get some pretty cold temperatures through that month, as we all know. In the southern plains, they're slated to get some more rain. Southern and central plains, it's going to warm up there too. We're going to be in the 60s. Hopefully we're not going to uh, spur any winter wheat growth, but you know this rain will certainly add to the moisture profile. So we're looking at much better growing conditions for winter wheat as we break dormancy this spring. But again, this uh, warm temperatures right in front of us could be an issue. We'll just have to keep an eye on that. Russia has uh, put out a report that their winter grain plantings will be about equal with last year at around 20 million hectares, which is equal to about 49.5 million acres. Just in comparison, U.S. all winter wheat is 34.4 million acres. So they're well above us as far as planted acres, and they're well above us as far as winter grain production, primarily winter wheat. They are estimating that their winter wheat production will be around 88 to 92 million tons, and uh, that compares to last year's 91. So it'll be down just slightly. For U.S. all wheat, we're at 49 million tons. So they're they're almost double of wheat production, winter wheat production that we are of all wheat production. Just to give some comparison, that explains why they're such aggressive and, and huge exporters in the market as well, and, and why they basically tend to set world price. I want to talk a little bit also about the transportation issues that have popped up. Uh, the Panama Canal, of course, we've been monitoring that because of drought. They've had uh, to drop traffic through the canal significantly. That is slowing down traffic. And then, of course, in the Red Sea, the Suez Canal, with uh, the terrorist activity, that has created significant problems as well. So most companies now have decided to reroute their ships. Now, this is going to affect mostly the European Union, Ukraine, and Russia, which in order to get anything over to Asia, they would take it through the Suez Canal. If they take it around the southern horn of Africa, that adds a good 10 days at least to the trip and, of course, is much more expensive fuel-wise. So this is uh, creating significant problems for them as they try to figure out their best action. It also creates opportunities for Australia, Argentina, Brazil, as these countries are already closely located to those Asian markets and it's much cheaper for them to export. So they can compete better because of their, their geographical location. So the cost increase is estimated around six to $8 per ton to go around Africa. Uh, the, the, the days, like I said earlier, 10 days, sometime up, uh, up as much as 15 days, it just significantly adds to the cost of transporting these products. Not to mention the availability of ships. They're, they're not unloaded as fast, so that tightens up the, the capacity of the, the shippers as well. 
But the option then to use the Panama Canal really isn't there either because of the low water levels. Now, the crude oil is the biggest user of the Panama Canal, but grains are the second biggest user. So this really puts a, a bottleneck on transportation of grains. I think that's a, a problem for the grain space as well as we work through this. We don't see any relief yet from the terrorist activity in the Suez Canal. We don't see any relief yet for the Panama Canal. So I think this is a negative component to the grain space that has yet to really play out. The other issue, of course, is the Chinese economy. We've talked about this as well, that their slowing down of the economy itself generally just slows down demand for everything, and that will seep into commodities significantly. Their hog herd has been enormous, but it's overwhelmed them with pork supply, and they're working to reduce the hog herd size. So that's obviously going to reduce their demand for soybeans and soybean meal. So these are all things that are, are, are in the works. Most of them are negative to the grain space. This positive feature for grains is the weather in Argentina over these next 10 days. If over the next week, the, the forecast that has rain in it in the two week out, if those rains aren't pulled into the near term, I think the grain market takes a pretty big jump to the upside. We have the reversals in place. We have a reason technically for the market to see some short covering and uh, a weather induced rally could be pretty swift. So we just want to keep that in mind. I think traders will be looking to sell the rally, but it could be a significant rally just over the next week that could take these markets significantly higher. So we just want to be on alert for that. We'll be ready to sell into it if we get it, but uh, we want to be patient because, you know, how weather markets are, they can really scream. They'll move fast, but and they'll also move far, and then they just seem to hit a wall. So we want to be careful with that in the near term here. If you have any questions, feel free to call at 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.